If the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. God wants to finish the story. Welcome to Keep the Main Thing, a podcast of sermons and messages from Pastor Leland Evenson. I'm Mark Evenson. Today's sermon is from May 8, 1988. It is titled, Raising the Standard of Living. This sermon was given on Mother's Day, 1988. Pastor Lee gives another encouraging message for mothers this second Sunday in May. But per usual, this message has a universal audience. Whether you are a mother, father, grandparent, or even a young adult, Pastor Lee's three keys for raising the standard of living in your home applies to you as well. Sunday, May 8, 1988, was the first Mother's Day after the passing of Pastor Lee's wife, our mother, Miriam Evenson, who had died the previous July. He bases his text on the gospel for that Sunday, which was John chapter 15, verses 5 through 11, and from letters that we three children wrote about our mother that were included in a book dedicated to her. He makes a good point that children are very perceptive, probably more than we give them credit for, which is a good thing and a bad thing, as we know. There is much conversation going on in our world today about the environment. Today, Pastor Lee talks about the importance of a good environment in our homes. He also reminds us that we are raising our children for eternity, which is a tremendous and sobering responsibility if one takes it seriously. Pastor Lee reminds us that our home is a school, whether we want it to be or not. It is a place where children do learn. Pastor Lee wants us to truly grasp the reality of what children do and will learn from their parents. He then outlines three basic tenets that children can learn, that we as adults can even learn, that will help raise our standard of living. And he does not mean financially raise our standard of living, if you already haven't figured that out. He, of course, is referring to a standard of living, a quality of life that money can't buy. As I mentioned earlier, this is a message for everyone, even if you no longer have children under your roof. These are lessons that if we incorporate them into our lives and into our homes can positively impact anyone along with our children. Maybe it is a friend, a coworker, a relative. So take a listen. This is a good message for all of us, even though it was dedicated to mothers. Here is Pastor Lee Evenson on Mother's Day, 1988, delivering his sermon entitled, Raising the Standard of Living. particular fast-talking salesman. When he found him, he said, aren't you the fellow who sold me this car a few weeks ago? Sure am, he said. Why? Well, he said, tell me about it again. I get so discouraged. We have Mother's Day to tell you about it again, because you can get discouraged. We have Mother's Day to remind you of the importance of that ministry, to express our thanks and our love our encouragement. It's easy to get discouraged. Those continual uh, routine of meals and dirty clothes and tipped milk and baths, 
being a doctor, wondering whether you should call in to the legal doctor or medicate him yourself, the interrupted sleep, the discipline, teaching responsibility. So today we are here to tell you again, in case you've gotten discouraged. Today I want to talk uh, using this text. A year ago, for some of you who are new or are visiting for the first time or just re recently, my wife died last July. And so last Mother's Day was kind of a tribute to her, sensing maybe it would be her last Mother's Day. This year, it's a tribute to my children, <clears throat> who in a booklet that we had published, in which if you haven't seen it or gotten one, there are some out on the table, I believe, yet, where they share their insights into the life of their mother. So what I'm basically doing today is simply sharing their insights, because they're very perceptive, as children are, and, and sense what is important. I think every mother should take those tributes and read them, probably every few months, to be reminded of what children remember and what children look for. And as I w looked at what they wrote, there were three main themes that I saw very <clears throat> much together in their tributes and also in this gospel text today. Raising your standard of living. And the three themes I saw under that was raising your standard of learning, raising your standard of laughing, and raising your standard of loving. We think we have a high standard of living. And yet as you look at people's faces and hear them talk about their homes, we realize that standard of living doesn't have much to do with the amount of your income or the square feet, the amount of square feet each child has or the thickness of your carpet or the labels on their clothes or the kind of cereals you have in your cupboard. There are other things, many, many other things that are much more important. And John talks about these in our gospel today. He says in the 10th verse, If you obey my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and remain in his love. <coughs> you are my friends if you do... <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Still haven't gotten over this cold. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. And so I quote the children. She viewed life with awe and excitement, and the world was a place to be discovered every day of new things. She had a motivating kind of attitude in which she could concentrate and give her all to whatever she was concentrating on. She would wake up alive and thankful and willing to serve. To her, life was a gift. She never gave the impression we were poor. We never knew when we were down to the last penny, though there should have been times we suspected, especially when she put an IOU under our pillow from the tooth fairy. She could take a dilapidated house that nobody else would look at, and we lived in them at the beginning of our lives. And with her touch, it would become a palace, and we never really recognized. But with her touch and creative energy, she made it a palace for us. Each chore became a party. 
My mom had the unique ability to live above circumstances. Money and possessions will come and go, but relationships last forever, she would say. I never remember her complaining any time. She lived her life in the mountains, and her trips to the valleys were both short and rare. And in the last two years, we watched her live out to the nth degree what she had taught us by her life and by her words, that his grace is sufficient, his strength is made perfect in weakness. Your home is a school. Whether you want it to be or not, your home is a school. And you need, if you're going to raise your standard of living, you need to, to raise your standard of learning about remaining in God's love, about his commandments, that they are for good and are positive. One of the staff members, as we were talking about this text in our staff meeting, said it's just like a microwave oven. You don't put anything in a microwave. You wouldn't think of putting anything with metal in there on purpose because it would short-circuit it or it would blow it up. And, and you follow those. And we teach our children safety rules and health rules and rules about using the microwave. But we need to understand that God has also given His commandments, that we don't live life kind of day by day doing what we want to do. They need to understand his, his commandments come out of His compassion and His love. And that unless we listen to God's commandment, life is short-circuited and life blows up like a microwave when we go against His commandments. <coughs> to remain in His love is not to be a card-carrying worrier. We need to have our children see that God is good and God is love not just when the sun is shining and the wind is blowing in a nice breeze, but when the storms come and the difficulties come. As they could see in her, she lived life above circumstances, that she could remain in his love no matter what came to her in life because it always came to her in the presence of his love and his presence. few weeks ago there was a headline saying life is good here but deep down there's a fear that something will go wrong and many parents kind of live with that kind of worry and stress and children pick that up that as long the premise is as everything goes well life is well but if anything goes wrong life also goes down the tube you need to raise a level of learning that they can learn from you no matter what comes day by day, that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That everything maybe isn't His will, but we can find His will in everything. They need to learn the priorities of what's important. <clears throat> There's a major financial magazine that interviewed a hundred of the most successful executives in the country. There was a comment from one of the top ten that said, Reaching the level of business success that I have requires total commitment. If your family is too demanding, get a new family. That's what I did. How different from the priorities of one who said, Money and possessions will come and go, but relationships last forever. Somehow you need to teach and raise a level of learning so they sense that your priorities are first of all to the Lord and then to your family and then to your work. In this day of self-fulfillment and self-rights and self-help, they need to understand the right kind of priority. There was a traveling evangelist who came to a very poor home and he stayed in this home while he was having meetings in this church. And the first night when he was going to go up and get ready for bed, one of the little 
boys in the home came up to him and said, Pastor, if you find there's anything that you need, just let us know and we'll tell you how to live without it. Somehow we need as parents to help our children see that we don't have to have every imaginable toy under the sun to live life. That you can take a dilapidated house and make it into a palace with some creative kind of imagination and with creative love and peace and joy. That life doesn't consist in the abundance of possessions. Tim Kimmel and his book Little House on the Freeway says children can sniff out hypocrisy like a pet duck can sniff out popcorn and while we may put on a great front with those who don't know us as well this is a day of investigative reporting and no holds barred analysis if what we believe isn't what we live we don't have to be a political candidate to be found out we only need to be a parent our children see what we really believe do we really believe in forgiveness or do they see us nursing grudges and resentments against our own marriage partner or the neighbor next door or somebody in the body of Christ? We're teaching them, you see, whether we want to or not, and we can raise their standard of living by raising their learning to understand what life is about and what's important. I remember a few years ago reading about how you detect counterfeit money. And what you do is not try to find all different kinds of counterfeit money and get the feel. You get such a feel for the real that as soon as a piece of counterfeit comes into your hands, you can detect it, those who are in that kind of work. It said in our epistle to test the spirits, for there are a variety of philosophies today leading people astray. What you need to teach your children is the reality of the real, of the life that is in Jesus. So whenever they touch the counterfeit, which is around us today in a variety of ways of self-help and, and self-success and possessions and a variety of false religions, you need to teach them the real to get a feel for what is real, for remaining in God's love. Are you raising the level standard of living by raising the standard of learning, of teaching them how to remain in God's love? Are you raising the standard of laughing? I told you this, he says in verse 11, <clears throat> so that my joy may be in you, and your joy may be full or complete. I quote the children, I owe so much of my appreciation for laughter to her. Humor was something mother greatly enjoyed. That smile, those clapping hands of the op and the optimistic cheers. She laughed at adversity and she, we laughed as a family joy to be around all the time, even in difficult times. She took the fear out of living and looked only at the excitement and the joy this world had to offer. She tried to bring joy to everything. I had one of my friends sleep overnight one night, Shauna said, and we woke up in the morning to my mother singing, and my friend said, is she always like that in the morning? And she was. To her, humor and laughter were gifts to be shared with everyone.
how's the weather in your home? Is it mostly storm warnings, tornado warnings? Are you constantly living in that when a storm can... Are the conditions always right for just one wrong word and one wrong look and for a whole kind of storm to break out? Or is the weather mostly sunny? Certainly every home has some clouds and some storms and we certainly had ours. But is it permeating more and more a sense of joy? A sense of celebration? What will your children remember When we fill our children's days with laughter, we medicate their emotions, someone said. We introduce them to an internal friend that will be loyal to them all their lives. Two women were talking and one said to the other, you wake up grouchy in the morning. The other said, no, I usually let them sleep. Though the world is blooming, Carlyle says, though the world is blooming in everlasting happiness and God has given us so much for our lives, I find that so many homes are little hells of improvidence, discord and strife with yelling and complaints permeating the air rather than peace and joy. A little girl came skipping down the aisle of a church to take her seat with her mother and her mother when she got her into the pew began to lecture her on walking that way in the church and the little girl says well why not mommy why can't I dance in church I'd let God dance if he came to my house is your home a funeral parlor or a fun house is it a place of celebration or interrogation is it a place where you're walking on eggs or dancing in joy is it plays where you're a broken record of nagging or a symphony of joy? How's the weather in your home? Are you remaining in God's love so His joy is complete no matter what life throws at you day by day so your children sense that under all beneath this, life is not a gate into hell but into hilarity if we know the reality of a risen living Lord Jesus Christ. Have you raised the standard of living by raising the standard of joy? The tragedy, I remember some years ago, this, a big headline, studies reveal U.S. family joyless. Three out of 50 had any notable zest and special joy in living. Your home climate controlled because you're remaining in his love, for within his love there is a sense of celebration and joy. Remain in his love. I've told you this so my joy may be in you. And your joy may be complete. Are you raising the standard of loving? <clears throat> My commandment is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. She shared her life 100% of her time and her love and her energy. She was a model of stewardship, of what a steward should be. Compassionate, generous, never put herself first. She understood servanthood better than anyone I have ever known, one of the children said. She had a most wonderful ability to love, perfect role model. She was yet, she was what a godly woman should be, giving comforting love and joyful 
service, whatever our needs. Will I be able to sacrifice for my family? She sacrificed so we could have lessons and opportunities and Christian education. She would give special times. Shana says, my birthday was December 17th, which is really close to Christmas. But no matter what was going on and how many things had to be done before Christmas, mother and I would take my birthday as our day and go shopping for my birthday outfit and have lunch together. To know her was to love her. To all and foremost a servant, no one I have ever met has possessed the greatest servant's heart as mom did. My birthday was December 26th, Mark said. What the worst day in the year for a birthday. But she made it a celebration. She somehow was able to take that low point day of the year and make it a day of party and festivity, making me grateful to be born then. Tim Kimmel in Little House on the Freeway says, Intimacy is the strength that runs through each link of the family chain. With it, a family can endure anything. Without it, we are at the mercy of our hurried lifestyles. Intimacy provides the immune system for the soul. It battles the psychological infections of discouragement, rejection, inadequacy, insignificance, and insecurity. How is your love bank? We often hear about the blood bank being low. The tragedy in many families is the love bank is low. Every day there should be love transfusions going on in the home. A hug, a kiss, a word, a note, a deed done. Every day, every day, love transfusion, the intimacy. Teach me to love, teach me to love should be our prayer to the Lord day after day. What an immune system that can fight off all kinds of infectious emotional and mental diseases today if we could learn to love and to remain in His love and His love would be in our life flowing through us. The best thing a father can do for his children is to love their mother. You can demonstrate God's love for His church and for His people by the way you love your wife. Love your wife as Christ loved the church. <clears throat> Little three-year-old climbing up in his, in her mommy's lap. Mommy, I love you. And then she began to feel her face. I love your nose. And then she started with her ears. I love your ears and I love your chin. And she was going on and on. Finally, she says, Mommy, show me your heart. Mother hesitated a moment, and then she said, Honey, look into my eyes. See what you can see. Look way down deep in my eyes. And so the little girl climbed up to get a better look into her eyes, looking way deep. Mommy, I, I can see way down. The only thing I can see is myself. That's what a child hungers for, to be able to see themselves in the heart of a mother and a father. For greater love hath no one than they lay down their life in the ministry of being parents. How unlike the boy who had gotten C's on his report card. <clears throat> his father challenged him, oh, you can do better than that. So he went back and he got B's. 
came back to his dad, proud of his B's, and all the dad could say was, certainly if you can go from C to B, you can go from B's to A's. And so he went back, dejected but determined, worked hard and came back with mostly A's. And the father looked at him and said, you probably have easy teachers. There are many adults still trying to prove to daddy that they're worth accepting. And many of those daddies have already gone to the grave or mommies. To raise the standard of loving is to let a child know they are loved for who they are and not what they do and accomplish, even as God loves us, simply because of who we are, not what we have done or failed to do. Love transfusions keep the love bank filled and the immune system for healthy families. Are you raising the standard of loving by remaining in his love? Our son said, she said, life is like a huge jigsaw puzzle. All your life you try to piece it together. But until you know the Lord in a real living way day to day, your puzzle will never be complete and give meaning to the whole picture. Do you know him in that real way so that the jigsaw puzzle has come together so you're raising your standard of living by remaining in his love? A couple of anthropologists wrote a study called Testament to Bushmen. Interesting quote here as they'd study cultures and lives. They said, no culture has ever been able to provide a better shipyard for building storm-proof vessels for the journey of man from cradle to the grave than the individual nourished in a loving family. You're building vessels. Vessels that have to go out on a sea where life is good but life is hard, as I said a year ago on Mother's Day. What kind of vessels are you building? Will they be able to take on the frustrations and the storms that are on the sea of life? Are you fashioning them together and molding them in that kind of love and, and grace with the power and presence of His Spirit being at work in you as a mother and a father so that when they face life, they have a vessel that can take whatever life throws at them day by day. Thomas Mann was a meticulous writer and he would always keep postponing when he was going to turn in his manuscripts. It just drove the publishers crazy. And when he was working on a novel called Magic Mountain, he was seen to be delaying more than ever and always delaying his time when he was going to get in. Finally, the publisher was so frantic, he called up and he said to... Thomas Mann, he said, we'll never get this book out. You've been working on it for an eternity. The calm reply of Thomas Mann was, after all, I'm writing it for eternity. The way you write a good novel, but more important, the way you raise children, is to remember you're raising them for eternity. What you do today, what you say today, what you are today, Whatever goes on in your home school will be a part of their life. I chose you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. The best fruit that can last is the lives of people who are touched with the love and the mercy of God in Christ Jesus.
Are you raising your standard of living by raising the standard of learning and of laughing and of loving? Scott began his tribute with these words, and I end this tribute to my children with his words. I watched you today as you went your way on life's very difficult road. With much on your mind, you were patient and kind while bearing your heavy load. When spoken to harshly and criticized, you had reason for anger, it's true. But you didn't revile, you replied with a smile. And I thought I saw Jesus in you. The day wore away and you took time to pray. Your maker you humbly did seek. You prayed for the one who had smote you when you turned the other cheek. Then I hoped for a better tomorrow, for one so deserving and true. Oh, Mom, as I followed your footsteps, I knew I saw Jesus in you. I chose you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Amen. Lord, we thank you that you created us as families, and that families are something are to be a foretaste of heaven. So help us to learn it now, how to love, to remain in your love, to raise our standard of love, of laughter, and of learning more about who you are and what you are. Help every parent here to sense that they're working with an eternity case to help shape a vessel that can sail to whatever life comes Whatever storms and stress and difficulties, the vessel is secure as it remains in you. In Jesus' name, amen. How's the weather in your home? Is it climate controlled? Or is the emotional and spiritual weather seem to be subject to the winds blowing in and around us from this world? So maybe some days it's sunny or maybe cloudy, but what about the storms? Are there too many and too much damage being caused? These are some of the questions that were raised today in Pastor Lee's sermon titled, Raising the Standard of Living. Remember, what we do today, what we say, what we are, will be a part of our children's lives for eternity. Our spouses' lives, our neighbors' lives, anyone who is welcomed in our home and lives for eternity. A quick note, even though this book is over 30 years old, the book Pastor Lee refers to in his message, Little House on the Freeway, by Tim Kimball, is still relevant and a very good read, even for today. In fact, probably more so because our lives have become even more hurried since the 1980s. We hope this message will help raise your standard of living. Thank you again for joining us and listening to sermons and messages from Pastor Leland Evenson encouraging us to always keep the main thing the main thing. Thank you.